Good morning, and welcome to the Love Well Podcast for this edition of Beyond Sunday School as we continue exploring God's big picture uh, through the whole story of Scripture. And uh, as we do so, we are looking at it from the perspective of the kingdom. How does the kingdom grow, develop, change uh, all the way through the story of Scripture? So uh, before we get into that, uh, just a couple of quick announcements. Uh, First, you know, uh, make sure that you subscribe, right? I mean, hit the hit the subscribe button at danielmrose.com. That would be absolutely awesome if you would do that. Um, It would mean a lot to me. Everything that I write uh, and a couple of the audio uh, recordings uh, drop right into your inbox uh, every single week. Uh, So Monday through Friday, you'll get a brief email from me uh, with my knee-jerk devotional uh, in that. It includes links to the audio version of the Knee-Jerk Devotional and the video edition of the Knee-Jerk Devotional. Uh, but that really is kind of the primary thing uh, that, I'm, that I'm writing uh, every single day now. And uh, so would love, would love for you to subscribe. Uh, come be a part of, of that time. Um, Thursday nights. At 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time, I am hosting uh, a book club, and currently we are discussing Amusing Artists Solves to Death by Neil Postman. Uh, This is a a time for us to kind of uh, just talk more deeply about some issues, and uh, and working through a book together is such a great way to do that. Now, it's a great little community of folks. And I really hope that you would want to come be a part of that. Uh, We are hosting that on the Simple Theologian Discord server. Uh, So if you need uh, an invite to that, just let me know. Send me a direct message either on Facebook or Twitter uh, or Telegram. And I will get you connected with that. We're only on chapter two and amusing ourselves to death. So you haven't missed too much. You can totally jump right in. And that is Thursday nights at 8.30 Eastern time. Um, let's see, what else is, is happening? Um, that's, that's really kind of a big thing. Sunday nights, uh, we host missional communities, uh, one in Ypsilanti, Michigan, one in Fowlerville, Michigan. Please reach out to me. I'll get you info on how to get connected uh, to one of those missional communities. It's a time to gather together. Uh, for scripture, for prayer, uh, and once uh, things kind of hopefully turn the corner with uh, the pandemic, we'll go back to sharing a meal together and uh, sharing communion together uh, each week. Because uh, really what we love to be able to do is start at start at a table uh, of having dinner and end with the table uh, as, we, as we celebrate the Lord's Supper together uh, weekly. So it's a great time. It lasts for about an hour, and uh, man, would love to have you be a part of that. So again, if you need details, please message me, and uh, and I will get that information to you. Uh, please, uh, the other thing I would ask is if you would please share this. 
You know, if you thought uh, this was helpful for you, uh, share it. Share it with your friends. Uh, throw it out on your Facebook. Throw it out on your Twitter. Uh, wherever it is uh, that you participate in social media, I would love uh, for you to just share this with with some folks. It would mean a lot to me. It would help. It helped me uh, see some growth uh, in in these uh, these areas, right? Uh, whether it's um, the podcast or one I'm writing, I would just I'd love to love to reach a wider audience, and I can only do that as you guys share things. So make sure that you like, share, all of that stuff. Uh, so we've already mentioned subscribing at DanielMRose.com. Uh, also. Uh, consider giving me a follow on Facebook at Pastor Dan Rose. Uh, you can you can just hit the like button, follow along. I'd encourage you to turn it on, uh, change the setting there so that what I create and post shows at the top of your Facebook feed. That would mean a lot to me as well. Uh, or you can follow me on Twitter at Daniel M Rose. Uh, that would be that would be awesome too. Uh, and then you can find the video archive of uh, what we talk about today. Uh, on on YouTube, uh, it's also uh, the video will also get thrown out on on Facebook, uh, and so you can find find that there. Obviously, if you're listening to this on uh, you know as a podcast, you've already got it. So uh, make sure you share it, right? So uh, where are we going today? Uh, well, we are continuing this uh, conversation about. Uh, about the kingdom, right? God's big, big picture, tracing the storyline of the Bible. And we are riffing off of a book uh, by Vaughn Roberts uh, of that title, God's Big Picture, Tracing the Storyline of the Bible. We have already looked at uh, a couple of things, right? We've looked at the, the, the pattern of the kingdom, and, uh, and in that we explored uh, Genesis chapters 1 and 2, uh, and then last time we looked at the perished kingdom and kind of talked through, you know, the the heartbreak and heartache of what happened when the kingdom fell apart. Uh, and that hits home in Genesis chapter 3. But now we look at the hope, right? There's, there's some hope coming. And there's hope that shows up early on, right? Uh, because the kingdom of God has promised to come and develop and grow throughout uh, the world. So, so we, we, we're moving now. The trajectory of Scripture uh, is, is exciting because it is constantly moving us more and more towards grace, more and more towards compassion, more and more to this, this picture of um, this picture of love and inclusion and community. In connection in a kingdom. So, you know, the, the story just begins to kind of ramp up here. And, and so what, what happens, what happens in Genesis 3 in the in the parish kingdom is you you know you have you have humanity basically just trying to uh, take God's place, right? Uh, the issue that, that happened there, if you remember, was not that they ate some sort of uh, fruit. That wasn't the issue. Uh, the issue wasn't that they wanted to know the difference between good and evil. The issue was that they wanted to determine what was good and evil. That was the problem. 
because it was there that they that they usurped God's position, right? There they said, we want to be gods. We want to, we want to get to that place. And that's that's kind of that's kind of the thing that haunts haunts us all the time, right? Uh, as as people, we are we are constantly seeking to make God in our own image. And so we we make God small because we create God ourselves. As we come face to face with the God of the Bible, as we come face to face with what I who I think is the, the real God, um whew, you realize that he that, that God is that God is bigger. God is bigger than anything we could ever imagine. And so what we try to do so often is we try to take God and jam God into our Bibles uh, as opposed to trying to just simply catch the glimpse of, of God uh, as we read our Bibles, as we engage in our community. That's a really different way of engaging God. If we, if we can come to the Bible with a sense of humility, with a sense of, of understanding that God is, is just so much bigger than us. Because if God created us, then we are never going to fully comprehend God. And so as we are walking through this, keep that in mind, right? Keep, keep, keep that reality in mind that we are, we are talking about glimpses of who God is. We are, we are not here talking about uh, a full understanding, complete, total comprehension of God. We're never going to get there, even throughout all of eternity. We will never fully comprehend God. Can we truly know God? Absolutely. Absolutely, we can truly know God. But we will never fully comprehend God. And we, and we know this intuitively, don't we? I mean, as we engage with, uh, enter into a relationship with, with people, uh, fellow creatures. Uh, I love my wife. I know my wife. Um, I think I know Amy better than, than anybody else. And yet I still don't fully comprehend the wholeness of who she is, right? We've been, we've been in relationship uh, for, what, 20, 25 years? And I still don't know her in, in a comprehensive way. And that's the beauty of it. It's the beauty of being in a relationship with, with people. How much more so with God? Comprehension and knowing Two, two different things. So we, we will never fully comprehend God. And even as we walk through this storyline, there are going to be things where, where you're going to say, well, what about this? What about that? That's Yes, that's the whole point. More questions, more doubt, right? Keep working through it. The joy is, is truly in the journey of getting to know this great creator God and walking that path and and as we get to know that great creator God, we come to this deeper sense of who we are as people, as who, of who we are as, as creatures in this creation. It's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing if you think about it. So let's look together uh, today at the promised kingdom. Uh, in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 6, the Apostle Paul wrote, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us to be adopted as sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. This, this is one of the most beautiful passages in, in all of the Bible. I love Ephesians chapter 1. I love all of Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians 1 and Colossians 1 might possibly be my two favorite chapters in the Bible. Uh, I used to think Romans 8, and Romans 8's right there. Yeah, Romans 8's pretty amazing, pretty beautiful in and of itself. But man, this, this image here of this great, glorious, eternal promise, right? From creation to new creation, from eternity past to eternity future, that we just catch in these few words from, from Paul in Ephesians 1, 3 through 6. It paints this beautiful picture that someday we are, we, we are going to taste uh, eternity. And even right now, we, we are tasting eternity. We are, we are living in this moment. This moment that, you know, is, it's true and it's real. And as, we, and as we grow in our awareness of the moment, as we grow in our awareness of our place in the universe, uh, what we begin to see more and more clearly is, is the big picture. We, we see more and more clearly the reality of eternity past, the reality of eternity future, the, the great depth of knowing that that there is so much more going on, that we are simply one small little puzzle piece in a grand jigsaw puzzle that, that, is, that is bigger than we will ever truly, truly comprehend. But what Paul's doing here in these few verses is he's trying to give us the big picture. He is trying to give us a, a, uh, a scope of, of the wholeness of existence, right? I mean, you know, he's, he's, he's talking about heavenly realms. He's talking about, you know, before the creation of the world. He's, he's talking about the praise of, of God's glorious grace. You know, this, this whole big, huge picture. And it is remarkable. Roberts, in his little book, uh, he tells, this, tells the story I use this kind of illustration, right, of, of two boys on a, on a rainy day uh, who are so bored that they finally, uh, they, they've come to the end of everything they can play with, and they dump out a, a jigsaw puzzle, and they, they're going to start doing the jigsaw puzzle, but they are just getting frustrated and frustrated and frustrated, and they cannot figure out uh, how this puzzle goes together until one of the little boys turns the box top over and realizes that the picture on it is the completed puzzle. And it's the image of a medieval court. And he says, ah, look, the king is in the center. And once they figured that out, they're able to put the puzzle together. So much, so much of that is so true. It's such a great illustration of, of our existence and of our reality, I think, is when we begin to realize that the king is in the center. Uh, when, when the king is in the center... Everything else begins to come together. And who is the king? It's King Jesus, right? 
And uh, so as we so we begin to wrap our minds around that, things begin to make more sense. So what do we what do we see happening here? Where are we at with this promised kingdom? Well, what we see is in this third movement from uh, from pattern of the kingdom to the perished kingdom and now to the promised kingdom, we see the completion of, of the pattern that we are going to experience and taste uh, really for uh, the, the rest of the storyline. And that is uh, we see... Uh, we see sin, judgment, and grace. Sin, judgment, and grace. We see this progression to grace. Guys, we can't miss that. We absolutely can't miss that. Because what does grace do? Well, in the perished kingdom, we see sin and judgment. But what does grace do? Grace brings us back to that pattern. It shows us the way back to the pattern to the way God intended it, to the way, uh, the way that we were meant to live, the way that we were meant to experience this world within which we live. That is what grace does. Grace, grace resets the scene. It resets the stage. It brings us back to the pattern. A place where God and man and the rest of the created order live in harmony walking together in the cool of the evening. That's what grace does. That's why grace is an idea that changes the world. Because grace brings us back to, the, to be who we really are. Right? So, so how do we begin to see this? Well, we, we see a glimpse of it in Genesis chapter 3. Uh, in, in verse 15, uh, you know, God, God is, is explaining His curse to, uh, to Adam. He says, I will put enmity between you and the woman. Uh, this is the curse to the serpent, sorry. I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. This image here of crushing the head of the serpent, this is a foreshadowing of the coming of Christ. And we see that as we look back. Right, as, we, as we understand the scriptures back through the context of the crucifixion. It was on the cross that, that the serpent's head was crushed. That is grace. And we see this promise. We see this promise happen right here in Genesis 3. Right here as the kingdom is perishing, as the kingdom is falling apart. We see the promise. The plan is in place. There was never any doubt about what would happen in God's mind. No, he was going to set all things right. So, so we, see the pro, we see the progression. Sin, judgment, grace. Grace brings us back to the pattern. Grace brings us back to the place where we can know and experience God's love. Now, we continue to see this through the story of, of Genesis, right? Uh, in, in Genesis chapter 4, uh, we, we have the story of Cain and Abel. We go from uh, usurping God's place as the, the arbiter of, of right and wrong, of good and evil in Genesis chapter 3, right to fratricide, brother murder. The scene, 
in the in the words of uh you know of that oh um of uh of the anchor man right the the great the great theologian the anchor man uh and for some reason i'm drawing a blank on his name anyway uh will farrell's character in the anchor man he has this great line well that escalated quickly yeah it did uh we go from eating an apple to brother killing brother but what does god do after after Cain's sin and Cain's judgment, he gives Cain grace. How does he do that? Well, he puts a mark on Cain's head uh, that that marks Cain out as someone who is not to be killed. And if anybody was to hurt Cain, then they would experience judgment from God as well. So there's grace there. He protects Cain even in judge, even in judgment. Right? He sends Cain out into exile. But he still protects him. Uh, that's that's remarkable. And then we go from the story of Cain and Abel into these gene- genealogies, right? And we we skip over them. Uh, and by and large, we just kind of read through them because it's so and so begat so and so, and then so and so died. But that refrain, and so he died, and so he died, and so he died. That's the refrain. That's the that's the. That is the experience in the perished kingdom, isn't it? Death, heartache, sadness, tears, weeping. So he died, so he died, and so he died. Why? Because we're all sick. We all are experiencing sin sickness. And what does sin sickness lead to? It inevitably leads to death. And so he died, and so he died, and so he died. But there is this moment in the genealogy, right, with Enoch. It's the one, it's the one place where we don't get, and so he died. What do we get? We get Enoch walked with God, and then he was no more because God took him away. It is there in that moment that we have hope that we can actually not taste death. We see this glimpse of one who didn't taste death, who is in Jesus' words, uh, even though he died, he lived. And he never died, really, right? Jesus says, there is a way to live so that you never die. And this is what Enoch experienced. He walked with God and he did not die. He just simply was no more because God took him away. There is this glimmer of hope. There is this promise of the kingdom, of a way to experience and know God forever. We get to experience life the promise is there. And then we get, you know, we, we, get, uh, we get the story of Noah and the flood uh, in, no, in Genesis 6, 8, right? Uh, we, have this, we have this interaction. We, we learn in Genesis 6 that uh, everybody, like the world has just really kind of gone uh, bonkers. It's really broken. And... Uh, you know, so so what do we what do we read in six eight? Uh, we read that Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Now you could you could rightly translate that as Noah found grace, right? That 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 Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Grace is right there. Was Noah perfect? Nope. Noah wasn't perfect. 
Noah was sin sick just like everybody else, but there was grace. He found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And so God says, hey, build this ark, do this thing. What does Noah do? Does he say, well, I have, I believe that you're going to save me because I found grace. Nope. Noah acts. Noah hears the word of the Lord and he acts on it. He does something about it. And so he is saved. And his family is saved. Other people could have been saved. They chose not to be. Right? They chose not to be. And so in Genesis 9, as Noah is getting off, we kind of have this recreation account, right? Uh, Genesis 1 and Genesis 9, you can see them laid next to each other. Genesis 1 verse 28, uh, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth. Genesis chapter 9 verse 1, be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth. Genesis 1 verse 28, subdue the earth, rule over every living creature that moves on the ground. Verse 2 in Genesis 9, fear and dread of you will fall upon all the beasts of the earth. You can still see here the remnants, the remnants of the sin sickness within the world, within this perished kingdom, right? Because it goes from being uh, subdue, kind of, you know, rule over, care for, steward, to fear. So even though we have this recreation account, there's still this acknowledgement of the reality of the reality of the perished kingdom. And he says, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth for food. Verse 29, Genesis chapter 1. Verse 9, chapter 9, verse 3, everything that lives and moves will be food for you. So now, even sustenance is rooted in death uh, here in the, in the perished kingdom. But there is, there is this promise, right? It is, it is still showing that there is grace, that there is going to be... Um, this picture, this hope of the future. There is this promise that God is still going to sustain uh, His people. And He makes this promise uh, that He will never do this again. He will never destroy the earth in this way again with, with the rainbow, right? So we have this covenant. We have this promise. Uh, the, the promises just keep coming. And this, all of these promises are called covenants. And co the, the, it's... it's and we have to understand that this really is one big covenant. This is simply the unfolding of the covenant of grace. Right? That's the whole point of, of the promised kingdom, is understanding that grace is coming, that grace is here, that grace is pressing through. And so, and so in, this, in this promise then, the covenant continues to unfold in uh, with, with Abraham, starting in Genesis chapter 12. And really, um, the rest of the Bible kind of is unfolding this, uh, this particular storyline. We see the story of Abraham come back over and over and over and over again. Because it, it is a story of grace, and it is... Uh, it is this place where we really begin to see coming back to the pattern. Why? Well, because, uh, because one, there's nothing special about Abraham. He's just some guy. He's just some guy. That God, that God finds, you know, that God gives grace to. So he's just some dude. He's nothing special. 
um, is not chosen because of anything that he did. He's chosen because God is gracious. And But what we find, right, in Genesis 12, 1 through 3, says, The Lord said to Abraham, Leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So what do we see? Well, we see people. God has now said, here is a people. I am going to make a people. What did we have back in the pattern? A people, Adam and Eve, all of humanity, right? Well, coming out of the perished kingdom, now there is this promise of a people, something that was lost, right? Something that was lost in the perished kingdom. God lost his people. So now in the promised kingdom, ha we get it back, right? Um, and, uh, and we see this, we see this promise, uh, over and over throughout the Old Testament about God's people, uh, in the refrain that we see, even into Revelation, I will be your God and you will be my people. I will be your God and you will be my people. What a beautiful, beautiful statement. But then we have God's land. God's land is this promised land in Canaan. And, uh, and, and eventually, uh, it goes it goes back um, to even bigger as we as we see the kingdom develop. It goes from Canaan to the whole to the whole world, and then blessing, uh, blessing God's blessing comes through, uh, you know, comes through the the Abraham's descendants through the to the nations, right? So God's God's blessing is through people to people. And that's going to be something that we're going to have to keep our eye on as we continue going through this story. So, so let's let's summarize it, right? Let's let's put some wraps on this thing. Uh, the pattern of the kingdom, the first stage of development. God's people were Adam and Eve. Uh, God's place was the garden, and God's rule and blessing was through His Word and perfect relationships. But then. But then the kingdom perishes, and that's the second development, the perished kingdom. Who are God's people? Nobody. They all turn their backs. God's place? Banished. God's rule and blessing? Disobedience and curse. That was the response. And, but now we have the promised kingdom. We have this vision of a future. And God's people were Abraham's descendants. God's place? Canaan, the promised land. God's rule and blessing, blessing to Israel and the nations, from people to people. So, uh, where do we go next? Well, we go to the partial kingdom. That's where we look at. That's what we're going to look at next time. Uh, the partial kingdom, and I hope you will hope you'll join me then. And uh, until then, uh, make sure that uh, you know you uh, go ahead and check out. Uh, you can check out. The video of this uh, episode of the podcast over on YouTube, youtube.com slash Daniel Rose. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at Daniel M. Rose. Or hey, give me a like and follow on Facebook at Pastor Dan Rose so you don't miss anything that I'm, that I'm putting out there. Uh, and then ultimately, the best place you want to get every, every day, 
uh, Monday through Friday, uh, a brief knee-jerk devotional, hit me up on danielmrose.com. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that's, that's where we're going. That's what's happening. Thanks for being with me. And until next time, love well, my friends.